The Blaze Radio Network. On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. This Irish man stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, America. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This is the Freedom's Disciple podcast. I am your host, Jonathan Dunn. This is the show on the Blaze Radio Network where you come for the accent, but you stay for the principles. Happy Saturday. I'm back to my normal routine. And what a week it's been. There's a lot to discuss today, America. Um, We're going to delve into yet another terrorist attack. Um, But I want to talk to you about something. I want to give you an update on the terrorist attack. But I also want to link it into a couple of stories that have come out in America over the last couple of days. And I've got a plea for both Donald Trump and the Secret Service. Um, but that's later on in the show. I've also got a couple of things I want to talk to you about. Um, if you've been watching Capitol Hill this week, you will have noticed, um, or maybe you've seen them, um, the show trials of Neil Gorsuch. Um, liberal politicians, it's unbelievable. I, I, you know what? Anyone who wants to be a judge or a Supreme Court justice, I would just say, just think, you have to sit there for the first day of three days and just listen to politicians bloviate. I think that should be on the job description, and if you want, still want the job after that, I'd kind of go, are you a bit insane? Because I only watched the highlights, and my head nearly exploded um, with certain politicians and, and what they had to say. But that's for later on in the show. I want to start today's show by having a bit of, heart, of a heart-to-heart with you. Um, every time I come behind this mic... I, or any time I do interviews, or any time I'm doing speeches, I try and... I think if you've listened to me for even a couple of shows, or a long-time listener, you kind of get who I am. I am very positive about the future. I see so much potential um, in your people, in technology, and I really think that the future is still yet to be written in many ways. And I think this generation... And future generations are going to have a large say in that. My aim and my the responsibility I see that I have, I'm only one person with a with an audience, with a fraction of an audience compared to people like Lambeck and Mark Levin. And I appreciate you taking the time to tune in, but 
all I ever try and do is to try and get you to be inspired a bit and to do a bit more homework and, and for you to share the principles. That's all I see my job as and my responsibility as. But I see it in a responsibility to to bring them in the most positive way possible. And I've, as a person, I try and stay away from negativity. It's one reason I don't do insults. I, I, I find them very negative. But I want to talk to you about something, because this week has been really frustrating for me. And I want to have a bit of a heart-to-heart with you and, and, and kind of see, because I'm guessing you're having the same struggles if you're listening to, to shows like mine. And just to try and maybe you, maybe one of you out there has the solution to this, because I, I sure as hell don't. I try and talk principles. I did a special episode of this podcast, and it was released on Monday afternoon. Um, hat tip and, and a big thank you to Brian, to Sarah, to Cal, to Chris for getting it out on a, such a quick turnaround. I recorded Monday morning. It was out by Monday lunchtime. Um, that's very rare and, and it, it's only going to happen on special occasions, but I couldn't stay silent. If you listen to that show, it was basically about my Blaze colleague, Tommy, and her comments. And it was responding to it because she created a mess for conservatism and pro-lifers. The response to that show has been frustrating for me. And I want to have a heart-to-heart with you. I re-listen to that show several times. I do it for my homework, because I always want to get better. But I got a lot of feedback, and a lot of it wasn't positive from that show. So I re-listened several times to see if the feedback was right. First of all, I got criticized for being a sellout. Apparently, there are people out there who, and these are not connected to the blaze in any way, but a few people said, you know, that it was unprofessional to, um, quote-unquote, attack a, a colleague. I didn't attack anyone. If you, if you, I would love to know, if you listen to that show, how could you see anything I said as an attack? I met her on the battleground of ideas. I listened to that show twice. And for me, I tried my best not to discuss Tommy. I was dis- I discussed her comments. I addressed them in the first segment. But for the rest of it, it was talking pure principles and laying out the case about not redefining conservatism and being pro-life and a constitutionalist and believing in your founders. The other ex- debates that I didn't get involved in, but they were responding on some comments on on Twitter, was the whole debate of whether she should be fired. And then on Tuesday, I think it was, she was suspended. And then the whole, well, was it right that she was suspended? Was it wrong? Can we, how do we get to a point where we actually can just discuss principles and not discuss the bouncing ball of the news of the day? But for those who want an answer, about whether I think Tommy should be suspended or fired. I don't have an answer for you. That's not my call. I find it amazing in in social media, the things we get distracted and talk about. So let's not talk about Tommy. Let's talk about me or you. If me or you had a problem with the company, actually, let's just make it about me for a second. I don't like doing this, but let's just play along. If the Blaze suspended me tomorrow... For any reason. I wouldn't want 
it discussed in the public arena. If I was suspended, that is a conversation between me, Glenn, Dom, and ever who else is involved. That's it. It's not a public conversation. I know we've got access to social media where you can take pictures and share real-time information of pretty much anything. But the last time I checked, contracts and employment status were still, you know, private. Why is this incessant need to talk about someone's employment status? Is it different just because Tommy's in the public eye and you're not? I don't think that's... I I personally don't agree with that. So I have nothing to say about her employment status or her suspension. That is is a decision by Blaze Management, and it's nothing to do with me. And I can't influence it, so I don't see why I even want to discuss it. I also got told something which I want to address. I've actually lost two friends over the last couple of weeks. Two people who weren't just people who I knew online, but two friends. And I consider them friends over certain things. And one I lost this week over this podcast. And I want to talk to you about that and what was discussed. For me, again, I see my role as talking about principles and history and philosophy. And getting you to to inspire you in some ways to, to do some more research. And to think of things... Because I'm an Irishman, I grew up in Ireland, I'm an outsider. I, I, see the, I see socialism and progressivism and big government statism or whatever ism you want to call it a mile away. Because I'm used to it, I've, I've grown up in this culture. I see how these people, politicians and people around them think. So I've got a unique view and that's why I share it. But I don't do it out of to hurt people. Or to to be insulting to people, I do it as a as a mission in the best way I can. But one of the criticism that I got this week about that show was that I lacked understanding, and that people around the pro life movement lack understanding, and that we will never change anything unless we start being understanding of certain things. And I want to. The reason I'm doing this is because I'd ask you to see if what your position is on this. So I thought about it. I kind of went, I'm sorry to this person. I don't want to be understanding. For me, abortion is horrific. And I'm not going to talk about abortion cause I, for too long. Because I know people don't like that. But I just I want to make the point. I think it's wrong. I am pro-life and I'm proudly pro-life. Because I think, honestly, to be blunt, and I said this on last week's show, if we don't have a respect for life, then how... I can't get passionate about any other issues. I can't go, well, I'm not, I'm not passionate about you know, the right to life, but I'm so passionate about your right to privacy, or your right to self-defense, or your right to free speech. I, I, if we can't have a right to life, then we have a right to nothing. But I don't want to be understanding of someone who thinks abortion is okay, of their position. Because I believe in absolutes in some cases. I believe right is right and wrong is wrong. 
there is no argument anyone can make at any time that says, hey, guess what? I have this argument and, you know, abortion's okay. I'm sorry. I've taught this issue a long, long time. I'm not a newbie to this issue. I haven't just all of a sudden woken up and said, oh, I think I'm pro-life. I've done a lot of sleepless nights on this issue and many others. Now, the problem, I think, with my friend at the time was that she equated understanding to compassion. I believe as, as a Christian, our job is very simple in many ways. It's to love the sinner but hate the sin. If someone came into me and said, hey, guess what, I, I, I was one of those people and I had an abortion. How would I respond? I'm not going to shun them. I'm going to love them. And if they talk about their abortion, you know, we'll have a conversation about it. But this idea that, you know, we need to be more understanding of a, of abortion or of defense of abortion, I, I just can't. So I went off, when it, I think it was Wednesday night. I didn't sleep too good because I was tossing and turning because my brain was was looking for consistency. And this is how I think. And I equated it to some other situation. I kind of went, right, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I, I need to be more understanding. Maybe I'm at fault here. And the conversation I had with myself was I was trying to put in some other situations of, well, do you want to be understanding there? And the first one that came to mind was a Blaze friend. And I've had the honor of interviewing him a couple of years ago. And he's a hero in my eyes. He's a wonderful man and I couldn't do what he does. And that's Tim Ballard. For those of you who don't know, Tim Ballard runs Operation Underground Railroad. It's an incredible organization and does incredible, incredible work. If you've listened to Glenn's show, you're very familiar with Tim, even if the name doesn't strike a bell with you. He's the man who has teams going in to save people from sex slavery. So I put myself in that situation. If I was on one of his missions, and I was sitting across from one of those people who worked in the sex trafficking industry, do I, what I want to be understanding of their opinion. What I want to hear and be, understand what they're saying and their justification for those acts. No, I wouldn't. If there was a a rapist, you know, you hear about these horrific rapes, they're just becoming the norm in some certain places. Would I want to hear their justification of why they rape someone? No. Just because I don't want to hear their justification or be understanding of what they did, which I believe is morally and ethically wrong, doesn't mean I'm going to hate them. Now, I will be honest, that the sex slavery people, <laughs> I, tr- I, tr- I would try to be the best Christian I could, but I got to be honest. If I was on one of their missions, I think I would kill a load of people. <laughs> I, I, I don't think... Maybe I shouldn't put that out. I don't think I could sit across from someone who was selling five and six and seven-year and eight-year-old girls and boys and remain human or remain Christian. I don't think I could. And that's why I think Tim Ballard is a hero. Because 
I, 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 I'm, first of all, he was, I think he was ex-CIA. So there's, he could do a lot more damage to someone than I could. Um, you know, he's trained. I'm not. So to be able to do it and not have your soul crushed, because I would just, I, either I would get up and do, try and beat everyone up. I'd try and do James Bond or um, Jet Li or some of those people, you know, or Jason Statham or Peter Rock, you know. If you smell, or I'd cry. I just want to reach out to those kids and hug them because it's such a horrific life. So this is the conversations I was having with myself all week following this podcast. Do you ever have those conversations? Because here's what I... Here's the conclusion I came to, and I'd love to know what your conclusion was if you have ever had these conversations. Do we need to be more understanding? I think we need to love the sin, that's the sinner, but hate the sin. I don't want to be more understanding. There are certain things, and this will be different for everyone. There are certain things that I think are just morally right and morally wrong. That is all they are. There is no gray patch. You either have a set of principles or you don't. Now, these might be different for other people. You know, people might want to say, well, I'll take it on a case-by-case basis. Fine. That's your decision. For me, there are just certain things I just don't need understanding about. But that doesn't mean I'm going to condemn everyone to hell. Because I'm a sinner as big as anyone else is. I try and live the best life I can, but I'm a deeply flawed person. I have many, many flaws. But there are certain things I just don't want to understand. Because I think they're wrong. But I will listen to you. And I will have a discussion with you and I'll be respectful. Those of you who follow me on social media, when you see this show and when you see my writings, there's a lot of words and written and oral from me on around. They're not hard to find. If you want, I have my own website, Freedoms Disciple. You can find every article I've pretty much ever written and every show I've ever done. They're not hard to find. I don't get insulting. I find no interest in it. But I also don't have any interest in understanding why a sin is right. Where do you stand on this, America? I'd love to hear your opinion and I'd love to hear your thoughts. Don't go anywhere, right? Because right after this break, I want to talk to you about a situation. I have a plea for both Donald Trump, but more so the Secret Service. And I want to give you an update on the terror in London that happened this week. I'll be right back, America. Freedom's Disciple On Demand. On the Blaze Radio Network. The progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something. And progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. On sale now at glennbeck.com slash liars. You're listening to Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. 
Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. As always, I am on social media, at Twitter, at Freedom Disciple, or Facebook, at Freedom's Disciple. If you search for that, or Irish John, you'll find me. I'm not hard to find in, in this crazy world. Or you can always go to my website, www.freedomsdisciple.com. You'll see all my articles, all my columns. Sign up. Um, I'll call Everything is free on my site. And you'll have access to everything. And there's an email there as well if you want to get in touch with me. Before the break, I was speaking about America the country. And America the country truly is a wonderful place. It's a great place. It's beautiful. It's got a lot of things going for it that a lot of other nations don't have. Before we get to some of the solutions and the second America, because there are two Americas, and I think it's time we openly embrace it, and we remind our friends and family, both on the left and the right, about this great second America. I want to fast forward to today. And this is where I've had the problems for the last... It's easy to say I've been unhappy and uncomfortable and honestly I've felt lost for the last five months. And people will say, well, it's because of Donald Trump. It isn't. It's because of a lot deeper reasons. It just so happens that, you know, the election of last year through the House, the Senate, and the Presidency, caused a few issues. You know, one of the things I have felt over the last four or five months is, I don't know what my role is. What can I do to help? Maybe I should listen to some of the people who don't like me. Maybe I should listen to the advice I get on a regular basis. Well, John, you're not American. It's no business of yours. That's the nice advice. The not-so-nice advice is, well, you're not American, mind your own, and you can fill in the blank. Maybe I should listen to all the subtractors who don't like me. Maybe I should just be selfish, as some of my my friends in Ireland and some of my Irish family, including my mother, has told me, why do you do what you do? You don't get paid for it. And it's not like you live a lap of luxury, you know. I live on a very small income every year through my Irish work. I'm not getting paid to do anything. I'm doing all this volunteer work for a country in in some aspects that doesn't appreciate it, getting threats, getting... Last year we I got my first death threat, which was fun. I'm in a country that, for whatever reason, never seems to speak about people like me who want to do things the right way. Your people, your politicians, your media, so many of them, never talk about the people who want to do things the right way, yet they talk openly and lovingly on all sides of the aisle about those who didn't do things the right way been trying to do things the right way and where has it got me so there is a part of personal feelings in it but also I look at the issues of the day I don't know where I belong as I became politically active in your country as I as I learned more and more about your country the second America 
that idea of America, those principles and values and that spirit that all encapsulates what I call American exceptionalism. As I became more politically active, I watched your elections. I watched Bush versus Gore. I watched watched Bush versus Kerry. I used to do interviews with some people. I've interviewed several conservative candidates. Some won, some lost. All talking about the American dream, the idea of America, American principles. And then 2007 happened. And I've spoken about this before. But my pivot point was I was always a quote-unquote conservative Republican who believed in certain principles. But as I became more and more, I used to defend George Bush quite a lot. And my pivot point came in one sentence in a long interview with George Bush on CNBC, CNBC, MSNBC, one of them, the business channel of MS. I don't have it over here, so I apologize. I saw it online where he said, I've got to destroy the free market to save the free market. And as someone who loves economics, that made absolute no sense to me. In fact, it was ludicrous. It didn't make any sense. It didn't, un- it didn't underpin the values and principles that I knew of America. And I started this journey of self-discovery, and then you had the election of Barack Obama. And then I came involved... And I even spoke at one of our rallies at the Tea Party, the Abolish the IRS rally. And finally, things made sense in my life. I always knew where I didn't belong. I always knew what wasn't right. But between my education and, and learning from people like Glenn Beck, through research, through reading people like Bastiat, Edmund Burke, John Locke, Alexis de Tocqueville, Milton Friedman, through watching videos... Through honest questioning, I really started for the first time in my life around that 2000, 2008, 2007, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. I started to finally go, I can't tell you, I know things are not right, but I can't give you the solution. As I learned, I started to be able to say, no, that is wrong, but here's the right way. Here is the principled way. I was starting to be able to give people solutions. I was able to not just tell you what I was against, but what I was for. And as a person, I've grown so much in that. And I was such a big supporter of the Tea Party, of the 912 Project. Because I thought, for the first time in my life, as bad as a lot of Americans felt, like, you know, when they said, oh, you're just a right-wing teabagger. Okay, great, well, that's what I am. That's where I belong. You're just one of those right-wingers who believes in the Constitution and, you know, doesn't realize that, that it was written by old white men and young white men with wooden tea. Okay, fine. Well, that's not quite true, but fine. That's where I belong. I belonged. I had a sense of unity and sense of purpose, which when you're going through life and you don't have it, when you first find it, it's amazing. It's a wonderful feeling. It's like finding your first love. For me, your first girlfriend, your first love, it's amazing. That will always stay with you. 
if you're a woman, your first man, or actually I shouldn't go down this road in 2017 because there's so many genders and sexualities and I just my head explodes, so I don't know. Whatever you are, the first person you loved, no matter if you're with them forever or not, you'll always still remember them, even in a negative way, but your first love. The first time I belonged, I, I was in America. The second time was when I when I found an ideology that I could believe in. That everything just, it's like that jigsaw, everything just came together. Just knitted nicely into place. And the world made sense to me for the first time in my life. I could, didn't care whether I was hated. I don't do this for fame or fortunes. As I'm speaking out, writing, doing shows, doing interviews. I don't do this for fame or fortune. I never have, never will. Now, that being said, if someone decides to come along and say, hey, you have some talent, I'll pay you to do it, that'd be awesome. But I'm committed to this regardless. But everything made sense to me. It was worth the sacrifice. Then over the last year or 18 months, I've noticed a change. A change in America. A change which has happened and and in truth it has probably been happening for a lot longer than I've noticed it's been screaming at me for the last five or six months it's been in the back of my mind for the last 24 months so again this is not just a Donald Trump issue this is a lot deeper but I'm sure some people some of my quote-unquote fans and favorite listeners will all make this about Trump. It isn't. I hate to blow it to you. I hate to blow it to your ego and to your president's ego. These things are a lot deeper than one man or one woman or one person. But a lot of things don't make sense to me anymore. And in many ways, I don't recognize the right in America anymore. I don't recognize... Or I don't share your values as much as I thought I did. And I'm going to discuss some of those values with you after this break. But I bear with me because what I have to say in the last segment, I think you're going to enjoy. Because this story has a happy ending. I think it has a happy ending anyway. Because... I've been looking at things the whole wrong the whole time. And I'm going to share that with you in the coming segments. Don't go anywhere, America. I'll be right back. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand. The Kate Show. The UN, guess who they elect for the Women's Rights Commission? Yeah, you'll never guess in a million years. Saudi Arabia. Because when I think of women's rights and women being individuals and women around the globe that have, I don't know, some say-so in their lives, I think of Saudi Arabia, don't you? The Kate Show. On demand. New episodes posted every Saturday at noon Eastern on theblaze.com slash radio. SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music. versus freebies this is freedom's disciple with jonathan dunn on the blaze radio network thank you so much for sticking with me america 
As always, this show goes out every Saturday at noon Eastern, and this is my last break for a very long time because I've got a lot of things and stuff to share with you over the coming weeks and months. So if you check out, if you go to check us out, if you look for Jonathan Dunn or Freedom's Disciple on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Play Music, um, subscribe, share it with your family and your friends, get them involved, because I think they're going to like or they're going to need to hear what I have to say over the coming weeks and months, because I'm excited, and I'm excited for the first time in a while. Also, if you happen to listen to us on iTunes, please give us a rating and a review. It'd be eternally appreciated. It it helps the algorithm and gets your show promoted even higher. So anything you can do, I'd appreciate it. I want to fast forward to 2017, to America today, and America the country. Because it seems that a lot of people today, both on left and right, always focus on America the country. One of the things I am most passionate about, and if you've listened to me, <laughs> I think if you've listened to me for five minutes, and this is, or this is your first show, me talking in the first two segments and not mentioning the Constitution is a rarity. I truly love your Constitution. I love your founding documents because they set the tone for everything. They set It's that foundational building block everything else is built on. And I thought the right got that. I thought the Tea Party got that. I saw so many people speak about the Constitution over the last eight years. I was like, finally, they, they, they truly love the Constitution like I do. And it's becoming more and more obvious with each passing day that people just wrap, are wrapping themselves in the Constitution just because it's a talking point. The Constitution on both sides of the aisle, is nothing more than opposition politics. Because you look at the right today, and I know they've only had power for really four months, but how many people do you actually hear talk about the Constitution? It's very rare. Who are talk- Who's talking about the Constitution today? It's the left. You hear it, you saw it in the, the case against um, Donald Trump's Muslim ban, state rights. You saw it against his, the case in sanctuary cities, well, states' rights. Yet, for the last eight years, you've had a president and you were silent when he was going around, I've got a pen and I've got a phone. When he was writing executive order after executive order after executive order, you were silent. Yet now you care about federalism and the Tenth Amendment, and the right have become silent. I look at this whole healthcare issue. And again, this is not Donald Trump, ladies and gentlemen. This is people like Ted Cruz. People like Mark Meadows. Mark Meadows is the head of the House Freedom Caucus. And I did a few Facebook live videos on him if you want to check out my profile. But they are now talking about supporting Obamacare repeal and replace. I'm sorry, but if you want to wrap yourself in the Constitution, you've got to understand Article 1, Section 8, and the 18 clauses in the Constitution, which I think I did it on this show. Healthcare isn't one of them. But yet they're now in getting involved in supporting an unconstitutional bill. Even Ted Cruz is talking about it in the Senate. We're going to improve the bill from the House, but we're going to get premiums down. No one talks about their oath of office, about protecting, preserving, defending the Constitution. It's all about getting things done. 
No one seems to care about the Constitution anymore. Only when you're in opposition. But it goes so much further. Look at the world today. Just take a step back for a minute. And this is not political. Just take a step back. Look at all the earthly possessions we have today. I'm in my 30s. I spoke to you when I was a child. Flying to America, you never heard of it. I'm sure some rich people did it, but people from where I was from didn't. I say this all the time. Nine years ago, when George Bush was still in office, I couldn't listen and couldn't do what I do today. The technology wasn't great enough. We have more possessions today than we have ever had in our history. And I know people will focus in on the rich and how much possessions they have. I know, John, in income inequality. Now, let's just focus in on the poor. If you are classed as poor, one of the possessions you have is an Xbox. Or a PlayStation or one of those game stores. You have a TV. We have more possessions, whether you're rich or poor or in be- anywhere in between, than we have ever had before. Yet, are we more happy or are we more depressed? I've witnessed firsthand your politics for the last 17 years. I've witnessed a Republican president. I've witnessed a Democratic president for eight years. And I'm now witnessing a Republican president in office four months. And both sides act the same way. Both sides are patriotic when it's their guy in power. It was popular to be down and hurt about America and American exceptionalism when Obama was in office. But now all of a sudden your guy is in power, whether it was George Bush or Donald Trump. All of a sudden you have this sense of optimism and the other side is freaking out. It's the same on the left. The left for eight years, everything was peachy and rosy. Everything was wonderful. All of a sudden, Donald Trump has won and the world is going to crumble. Both sides in politics and ideology, both sides see themselves as the good guys. And the other side as the devil. Both sides have spoken about Congress in ends justified means. You have now heard two presidents, and yes, this is about Donald Trump and Barack Obama, talking about the archaic rules of the Senate and holding things up. And if just things would weren't so procedural and have so many rules, things would be so much easier to govern. And we'd get so much more done. It seems the spirit of the Constitution and of your federal government has been lost on both sides. Because your founders didn't want, you know, things to get done quickly. They set things up specifically to get things done slowly. So that you couldn't have a wave election and make dramatic changes overnight. Look at what matters to people. You see what's in the news, and this is on Facebook, on social media, so the people believe this. It's in the media, and it's in your politicians. Everyone only cares about the almighty dollar, the country, America the country, America the almighty dollar. Are we winning? 
What's our trade surplus, our trade deficit? How much are the poor on? What's the minimum wage? It's all about the dollar. It's all about doing well. It's all about, what have I got? What have you done for me lately? You see this in polls, and while I don't pay much attention to polls, you see this right now in your people. The polls for Obama, its popularity is at an all-time high. Why? Because your people, your media, and your politicians are talking about taking something away from you. This always happens. I don't like something, I don't like it. Oh, you're taking it away from me? Oh, I love it. It's the best thing ever. I need it. It's all about doing well. It's all about winning. All about optics. It seems in 2017, America is all about America the country. It is so sad to this outsider that no one gets the deeper meaning of America. Bear with me, because I'm getting to a point. And it's a point you will like, because in case you haven't, I'm sure there's a lot of people who haven't liked what I've said so far, but bear, please bear with me. I also don't get a lot of my friends on the right. I had a very interesting two conversations within an hour of each other, with an American and a European, which is so enlightening to how people think today. I was babysitting about two weeks ago for my Irish cousin. And the friend who I hadn't spoken to in a while messaged me on Facebook. And this friend, quote-unquote, isn't the most tactful in their approach. And it was, hey, I see you haven't been posting much and you haven't been doing your podcast. Have you been left from the blaze? Have you finally woken up and, and realized Glenn Beck is a sellout and a shill and you've come to your senses? And I was like, no, just taking time out. Have you left the blaze? Nope. Still with them. Still love them. Awesome company. Hmm. Have you gotten the Trump train yet? This is literally the way the conversation went. Uh, No, I'm still talking about the same things I talk about all the time. It won't change regardless of who's in office. And I got told, well, it's time to wake up. I got this message a lot. It's time to wake up and jump on the train. It's time to jump on board this populism movement. And there was a back and forth. And I, at the end of the conversation, he thought populism was wonderful. He thought this, this nationalist populist movement that you're part of right now is just awesome. And I went, just for my own clarification, do you mind if I ask you a question? Sure. What do you think of democracy? Oh, democracy sucks. I hate people who think America is a democracy. I went, good to know. And I just went, leave it at that. And it's so interesting because my cousin came in and she was home early and we decided to talk and eventually went to politics because I don't know they don't like Trump anyway and I went you know they've got two young kids three young kids actually now they just had a baby and uh, they're like I just hope when my kids grow up they won't see this this populist movement this populist crap I'm so sick of it I hope one day but when they grow up and older we'll get back to sane democratic principles And I just went, after the conversation I've just had on Facebook, it's hilarious. That person who's decided to, wants me to get on the Trump train and on the populist movement, 
is a right winger, was part of the Tea Party, as in a supporter. My cousin, if she could have voted in America, there's not a chance in hell she doesn't vote for Hillary Clinton. Yet, do you notice what they both said? They got focused in on the labels. One was for populism and against democratic democracies. One was against populism and was for democracy. They're both saying the same thing. Yet, I guarantee you, if they got to know each other, they'd hate each other. Or, chances are they would. They both want democratic principles. Democracy is nothing more than populism. Elected populism. Wave elections, 50% plus one. Populism just happens to be a quicker wave. But neither respect God, neither respect the individual, neither respect God-given inalienable rights. And no one, neither respects liberty if it's not popular. We are in a crazy world right now. And this brings me to France. The amount of my friends on the right who have become openly one-issue voters kind of makes me question how you can become a one-issue voter. But everyone has their own choice. But we're openly Le Pen supporters. They saw a few fancy catchphrases from Marie Le Pen on Islam, agreed with it, and then automatically supported her. Let me share a story of your history. Because what is happening right now, the way I see the world, is American right is shifting closer and closer and closer to the European right. And historically and today, they are not the same. Let me share a quick story with you. George Washington and Thomas Paine, two American patriots, right? Well, after you had declared your independence from Britain and had won, you were in Philadelphia writing and agreeing on the Constitution and then later on the Bill of Rights. Well, Thomas Paine was in Europe doing different things at the time. And Thomas Paine became obsessed with the French Revolution. In fact, he became so obsessed with the French Revolution that he wanted America to get involved. And George Washington and him had a big falling out over it and had a bigger falling out later in years. And I'll tell you why. Because Thomas Paine kept saying, they're just like us, they're just like us. Freedom, liberty, they're just like us. Imagine another uprising. We have to support it. They supported us. And George Washington said, no, they are nothing like us. I wish they were, but they are not. And I got to the point where they got really angry with each other. And Thomas Paine said, you have to come over. And nope, we cannot. They are not like us. And George Washington warned Thomas Paine. He said, if you go over there, go for it. But when you find out it's not the same, do not come calling to us and to me for help. Well, Thomas Paine wasn't happy. And he went over anyway. And he thought this was just the same as an American Revolution. But then eventually he woke up when he saw the guillotines coming out. And he was imprisoned. And he called for help. And George Washington did not respond. And that caused even more hate amongst the two. You can learn more about this if you want to Google it. 
But eventually, Thomas Paine went back to America, and a lot of his later work was not good. You can read it and make up your own mind. But that is what I feel like the world is today. France, Marie Le Pen is just like us. No, she's not. No, she is not. She is a big, big government person. I have yet to hear her talk about God-given rights, about the individual, about free market economics, about being born with certain rights, about government that are not there to give rights, but are to there to protect them. And there are also worrying trends, which is even more worrying from an American point of view, where if she had got in, she made no secret she would have sided with Russia. Why would America want someone to win when they're going to side with Russia? And then there are also the Russian funds to her her campaign and the links to anti-Semitism. Now you can support her for whatever issue you want. I am probably as con- you're probably as confused about me as I am about you at times. But I will never side with a tyrant, soft or hard. And that is what Marie Le Pen is. So I've been feeling lost. I've been feeling hurt, somewhat hurt because it's kind of like, you know, give you a simple analogy. I was dating America. And America's changed. Because I don't think I have changed. And I've been feeling, what's my role? What do I need to do? What can I do? Maybe I should just give up. And I've been thinking a lot about quitting over the last three, four months. And especially over the last month. And I came dangerously close to quitting. Until someone sent me a video. And it's a video I'm sure most of you have seen before because I shared it with a few people. And everyone, yeah, I've seen that. That's I've, Everyone's seen that. It's been viewed millions of times. I hadn't. And if I had, I hadn't remembered it. And I normally remember things. And when we come back, I want to share a part of that video because I finally found my role. And the reason I'm sharing this with you, because maybe, just maybe, this might be your role too. And it might give you some comfort knowing your role. And it might just make a difference to both our salvation, to our moods, to your country, and to the world. Don't go anywhere, America. I'll be right back. Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. And if you stick through the show, I really thank you. But this is where we get to the happy ending. 
Because I've laid out the case for America the country. But there is two Americas. There's America the country and America the idea. I've been feeling lost and not knowing my path. Until someone, for a reason I don't know why, but I can only say is faith, sent me a video. And I watched it. And finally, in this video, I found the answer. A couple of things clicked at me, and I'm going to ask you to bear with me. This is a, a piece of audio. Everyone I've sent to, the two or three people who are closest to me, knew about it. I didn't. I don't ever remember watching it, but I didn't watch, definitely didn't watch the, the show. I don't think I've ever heard of it, the newsroom. But if I've seen this clip, I don't remember it. Bear with me while, just sit back and relax and listen to this clip. And I'll share something with you that maybe, just maybe, might give you some answers, some peace of mind. And maybe just your mission, if you're listening to it, if you're feeling the way I felt. If you feel like you don't recognize your country anymore. If you feel a bit lost or a bit confused. Bear with me, listen to this clip and then I'll share a couple of thoughts with you. Go ahead. Hi, my name is Jenny, I'm a sophomore, and this is for all three of you. Can you say in one sentence or less what... <laughs> um, you know what I mean. Can you say why America is the greatest country in the world? Diversity and opportunity. Lewis? Uh, freedom and freedom. So let's keep it that way. Well... The New York Jets. <laughs> no, I'm going to hold you to an answer on that. What makes America the greatest country in the world? Well, Lewis and Sharon said it. Diversity and opportunity and freedom and freedom. I'm not letting you go back to the airport without answering the question. Well, our Constitution is a masterpiece. James Madison was a genius. The Declaration of Independence is, for me, the single greatest piece of American writing. You don't look satisfied. One's a set of laws and the other's a declaration of war. I want a human moment from you. What about the people? Why is America Not the greatest, the greatest country in the world, Professor. That's my answer. You're saying... Yes. You're... Let's talk about... Fine. But Sharon, the NEA is a loser. Yeah, it accounts for a penny out of her paycheck, but he gets to hit you with it any time he wants. It doesn't cost money. It costs votes. It costs airtime and column inches. You know why people don't like liberals? Because they lose. If liberals are so fucking smart, how come they lose so goddamn always? Hey. And with a straight face, you're going to tell students that America is so star-spangled awesome that we're the only ones in the world who have freedom? Canada has freedom. Japan has freedom. The UK, France, Italy, Germany, Spain, Australia, Belgium has freedom. So 207 sovereign states in the world, like 180 of them have freedom. All right. And yet you, uh, sorority girl, just in case you accidentally wander into a voting booth one day, there's some things you should know. And one of them is there is absolutely no evidence to support the statement that we're the greatest country in the world. We're seventh in literacy, 27th in math, 22nd in science, 49th in life expectancy, 178th in infant mortality, third in median household income, number four in labor force, and number four in exports. We lead the world in only three categories. Number of incarcerated citizens per capita. There you have it, America. So how 
did that video what did that video do to me that said you can't quit well first of all if you actually go watch that video you see who I want to be in that video because what you don't see in that or what you didn't hear in that clip but what you see if you watch it is there's a person in the crowd writing things and holding them up America as a country is still a wonderful nation I spoke about it in the first segment your people are wonderful your culture needs a bit of work but every culture does your sports are still wonderful Hollywood is still wonderful weather is great your food you've got big houses big cars big highways you have a sense of optimism everything I said you can pretty much replicate that in any of the countries in this world what I saw in that video was a person who I wanted to be and who I want to be going forward I don't want to talk to you about America in 2017 I don't have it in me to talk politics I don't have it in me to to be left good right or left bad right good I want to be that person in the crowd that writes the placard going but it can be it can be I want to be the person that always is sharing and striving and helping you strive to be the best you can be I want to be the person in the crowd that always is cheering you on to be better. America, the country, is a wonderful place. But what I spoke about and what I see been discussed today on both sides of the aisle is not great. It's great, but it's not exceptional. Sorry. America is an exceptional nation for so many reasons. So I found in that video, that's the person I want to be. But as I watched the video a second and a third time, I realized something. I realized that I see America in a unique way, even today. I thought I was, I thought there was a lot more people who saw America the way I do. I thought with the Tea Party and the 912 Project that I was part of a big, big group of people. A set of people who I could link arms with, could join and cheer on from the sidelines. But as I have noticed, and maybe it's maybe it was just from my own brain didn't want to accept this fact. But the people who see America the way I do, you you who listen to me. We're in the vast, vast minority. Because you heard that answer from the actor. All the things you, all the things about currency and about education and science and, and, and you know, uh, life expectancy. And even when they talk about the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, one's a set of laws and one's a declaration of war. What's become apparent to me is there's a large percentage of people who don't get the idea of America. 
who don't get that there are two Americas and that's a good thing and should be embraced. That the idea of America still works today. That the principles of respecting God, respecting the laws of nature, respecting each other and the individual is something that still means something and something that still counts. I truly believe things can change. But whether they change for the good or not is still up for the debate. We have a lot of work ahead of us. But I've found my call and my mission. I'm going to be at every opportunity, that person in the crowd going, you might not think America is great or you might not think it's exceptional, but it can be. It was once and it can be again. These are going to be tricky times. Then as I found that mission, I said, well, what, has, what hope have we got? What hope have we got to make a difference? And I searched for hope. I searched, well, you know, because part of you, when you're going on this mission, you always want to have some chance of success. You know, you don't want to just be sitting out there going, I know I'm going to lose, but hey. And every question in my brain, and I had several sleepless nights over this, every question revolved down to two questions. It all revolved back down to two questions. One, is there a limit to God's power? Is there something he, he or she or it or whatever pronoun you want to use cannot do? I'd ask you to think about this weekend. Is there a limit to God's power? My answer is no. And the second question was, was Thomas Paine right? Do we have it in our power to rewrite the world we live in? Or rechange, restart the world we live in? And I, I believe the answer is yes. I believe the answer is yes, we do have that power. We can change this world. It's a case of what we change it to. Now, I will say this comes with a warning for me. Because as much as I believe there is no limits to God's power, and as much as I believe we have it in our power to change the world, I will say there is one warning. That it mightn't change the way you want it to. Not to be all Debbie Downer, but I want to share one thought with you. That one thought is... There's a growing part of me that thinks the times we live in is a test. It is a test for eternity. What do we accept and what do we eventually embrace? Do we go over the cliff or do we hold steady knowing what we know is true, right and eternal? The reason I shared this warning with you is because I'm asking you and anyone who listens to join me for future shows 
and not join me as a person or what I say, but on this journey to be a set of people that is like that person in the crowd going, yes, but it can be. I'm asking you to link arms with me and to join me on this path that says it might not be great, but it can be. And that America is an idea. And focus on that idea with everyone that we can save. Because maybe our mission, our duty, is not to change the world and win. Maybe our mission is to survive personally and to share lifeboats with everyone else. To ensure they don't go off the cliff on this world of crazy, crazy ideas. And then I had one last thought. And this is the last thought I'll share with you today. I've read a lot of your history. I've played some of your history for you. But I want to play a speech that not enough of people know. And it's only I'm only going to play about 25 or 30 seconds of it just to make a point. But I would be interested to see how many of you know this speech because it's not by an American. It's by an Englishman. And it's by a great Englishman. A hero, a patriot, one who did not go over the cliff with society, but stood resolute and stood for what he morally believed was eternally true. We defend to the death their native soil, aiding each other like good comrades to the utmost of their strength. We shall go on to the end. We shall fight in France. We shall fight on the seas and oceans. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. And if, which I do not for a moment believe, this island or a large part of it were subjugated and starving, then our empire beyond the seas, armed and guarded by the British fleet, would carry on the struggle until, in God's good time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of the old. Those are the words of the great Winston Churchill. Those of you who are thinking of quitting, I'm not trying to make you feel bad or want you to be upset. But this world has faced tyranny before. This world has faced what many considered insurmountable odds. Our history is filled with it. Both biblically and just European and world history and American history. It's easy to say it's over. It's easy to say you can't. But we are here today. And we are here today in 2017. Because somewhere, somewhere, somehow, someone said, I can. 
and I will. And sadly, we are here because someone somewhere made the ultimate sacrifice for freedom. Whether it was people like Winston Churchill, with those great words, we will never give up and that we will fight on the beaches. Today I'm not asking you to fight, but I am asking you not to give up. I can't tell you the future, I haven't got a crystal ball of whether we win or lose, or whether this has a happy ending. But I am asking you to join with me. Let us link arms, and let us say to the world that America the idea still works. That America, the idea, still has that power, that luster, that incredibly revolutionary idea that it can work and that it can solve the problems. Let us put aside our political differences. Let us put aside the fact that we see someone so different just because they have a a set of political beliefs. This is not about parties or politics or left versus right. Because traditionally in America there is no left versus right. The battle we have today is liberty versus tyranny. And it is an incredibly hard, long battle. Let us not worry about ourselves but worry about future generations. Let us where we can make the ultimate sacrifice so that future generations have the same opportunities that we have. My path, and I'm going to do it, I'm going to start sharing a lot more about the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution and share the spirit and the real meaning of those words like I've never shared them before. I'm going to start sharing the idea of America and why I see America as an exceptional nation. Not a great nation, but as an exceptional nation. And these are not going to be based around feelings or emotions. These are going to be based around facts and history. Because your history is incredible. And it's nothing to do with money and it's nothing to do with your education status. In many ways, it's in spite of that. Your idea is revolutionary. And I believe it's time the world and America, both left and right, were reacquainted with that wonderful, wonderful idea. That framework for government. That American dream. Should we focus on America, the country? Absolutely. I'm not naive enough to say, well, America, the country isn't important, because it is. Because the truth is, if I hadn't fallen in love with America, the country, when I first visited, I would not be here today. So America, the country, is important. But we must share why it's a lot deeper. Why, without America, the idea, America, the country, is not exceptional. And it's just another country. America is truly a wonderful country, and it is a great country. But let us work together to make America exceptional once again. 
Let us chart a course like your founding fathers did 240 plus years ago. Let us chart that course for real exceptional. Let us rewrite the history of the future with the history of today and be it one of freedom, of real freedom. Because that idea, I believe that idea wins. And it wins big, huge, bigly, with all generations. I finish today the way I finish every show. By ignoring what society says are the real heroes of society. They're not sports people, they're not movie stars. They're not political commentators. They're the men and women who serve We salute your firefighters, your police, your emergency personnel and your vets. And most importantly, I salute you, the great American people. Starting next week, this show will change. Because I'm going to start talking to you about all the things I just said, but I'm also going to start having guests on this show. Because while we might be in the vast, vast minority who see this, I'm going to try and find people for you On all sides of the odds. I don't care who you voted for. I'm going to find people to bring to your attention. To support. That says America is an idea. And truly understands it. And have those conversations with you. Because I know we're not alone. But I salute you the great American people. Because with you or without you. I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader. I am going to be that person in the crowd that says, yes, but you can be exceptional once again. I hope that you will consider joining me and linking arms with me on this journey. And together, we will share that idea with the world and once again show and prove that Tocqueville was right. America is great because Americans are good. You, not a politician, not a media outlet, but each and every one of you will decide the future of America. And that is why you are great. Never forget that. Until next Saturday at noon Eastern, check out our our videos on Facebook. I'm doing daily live Facebook live videos. And check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes and Google Play Music. Until next Saturday at noon Eastern, God bless you and God bless the United States of America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951.